Victory Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. Uh, happy to be with you guys again. I'm with my two guys. What's up, y'all? Chris Carter and Brett Bachelor. What's going on, boys? What's up? How y'all doing? I'm good, man. How are y'all? Good. Trying to stay out of the severe weather for the second week in a row. Yeah, I was going to say, so like now it's, you know, football season's, we're in the off season. We've been doing these off season podcasts, but like now it's like springtime. The weather's getting mm-hmm. better, bro. We can start golfing again. Like it, it's, yep. it's getting nicer outside. Daylight savings is back. It's getting um, darker in the morning, lighter at night. I love that. So hopefully, whole, hopefully some legislation is passed and we just stay on that. Yeah, I agree. That whole back and Oh, seriously, bro. Don't stupid. Arizona does it the right way. I'm always jealous of Arizona because they don't do the daylight savings. Right, right. They do it the right way. I agree. But um, before we get into it, pause the podcast, stop what you're doing, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, you'll get us there on 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 uh, Instagram as well at Second and Victory. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, rate five stars, unsubscribe, subscribe again, and uh, leave some reviews. But uh, we'll hop right into it. It's been a couple weeks since we've talked last. It's before free agency started that we had our last podcast. So uh, at the time, we if I would love to go back and listen to our predictions and what we said before compared to now because I know we were wrong on a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Um, I'm not oh, sure we nailed any signing other than we did talk about Josh Reynolds. We did, yes. I, and, and we, I mean, we talked about Bud Dupree. That we, we did. If we had him, great. If we didn't get him, we didn't right. want him because we wanted Carl Lawson at the time. Um, but let's dive into it. So I'm just going to go down the names of the, of the, the players Titans signed. And we guys, you know, talk about it if you want to. Um, but obviously, the biggest fish was Bud Dupree. The Titans addressed the pass rush needs with, you know, probably the biggest pass rush um, free, free agent player out there. Um, so they, they get him for a, a, a hefty price and then they make a really underrated signing that I think we were all surprised but very happy with now D'Amico Autry from the Colts very pleased with that one uh then they go and get Janoris Jenkins uh aka Jack Rabbit who's been around the league for a long time and a very very solid player then they go and get Kevin Johnson probably the least of my favorites of of all these signings just because of how bad he's been in the past with multiple teams so uh, Kevin Johnson, Morgan Cox, he will now fill the role of Bo Brinkley and be the long snapper. That's Kendall Lamb, very underrated, 100%. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl player, um, so very underrated. I'm with you there. Kendall Lamb, offensive tackle from the Browns, who actually scored a touchdown on the Titans last season, guys, if y'all remember that. And then here recently they go and get Josh Reynolds, a wide receiver from the Los Angeles Rams, like Chris and I said. He was one of those – Later guys that we talked about for a wide receiver, um, that if you know you can get him for a decent price, go and get him. And then here, one of the recent signings was Ola Adani, a special teams guy, linebacker from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, a total of nine signings, if I counted that correctly. Um, so overall, guys, let's, 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 this is the question: What do you grade the Titans signings? So far, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, probably, uh, I think you give it. I think you give it a B right now. Yeah, I say B plus. You have to give it a B right now. I, th- I think yeah. getting a guy like Bud Dupree, I would is, say, is yeah, I'd say, really solid get. You know, I think I think Josh Reynolds, um, 
I mean, you know, we we've seen what Josh Reynolds did in in L.A., but he he was. I mean, let's be honest, he's with Jared Goff. Uh, he's going to be with a much better quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, uh, and he and he's just he just seems like he's one of those um, solid guys that's that's going to catch the ball if it gets to him. Uh, I think he had four drops last year, uh, which is excellent. Um, so I, I think I think it was a really solid draft. Uh, or sorry, free agency period. Uh, kind of wonder what their plan is at, at right tackle if Kendall Lamb is the guy. Um, and then nickel corner, um, is Kevin Johnson going to start there? Are they hoping that Chris Jackson moves up there? Are they planning to draft a slot, uh, a slot guy? So still some question marks, but I say to date, I think this is, I think it's been a really good class. I, uh, I definitely think that the Titans are really, really looking for something in Christian Fulton. And even if it's not CB1, I think that's a route that they're going down or, or at least thinking about taking because the the moves that they made out wide shows that they have a lot of a lot of uh, promise in Christian Fulton if that's the right word to use and um, I think that's the route they're going honestly like you said they, they signed Jack Rabbit and obviously letting Malcolm and Adore walk shows that they're comfortable with what they have and then they can move from there I think that John Robinson and Mike Rabel have a tremendous amount of trust and faith in Christian Fulton um, or they don't cut their starting cornerbacks in the same free agency class. Um, so either they it, know, either they know something we don't, or they're just putting a lot, they're putting all their marbles in on Christian Fulton. I, th- I think it's very evident as well that say what you want about Kevin Johnson, but the three of them are all man to man guys. No. Uh, they're all guys that, that can line up one-on-one with a receiver. Uh, and that's clearly what they want out of this group. Um, I, I think Fulton uh, will excel in a man-to-man role. Uh, hopefully, he's on the outside. Um, I think that makes the most sense for him. Uh, I think we probably talked about it after the draft last year, guys, is that Fulton, Fulton excels in an outside role. He's not great in the slot. I know he played there a lot this season, but I think he'll he'll do much better outside. Um, I'd like to see some growth from Chris Jackson. You know, he – he wasn't great by any means last year. Uh, he wasn't even really good. But uh, I think we saw some of the tools uh, for for a slot corner that could be there that uh, he might he may be able to grow in that role. Um, but yeah, I think I mean I think it was a good good free agency class overall. I, yeah, I'd go I'd go a B minus. Um, I think it would have been for me, Chris. It would have been a B plus if they go and get a guy like Marvin Jones, um, just a a, a better solidified wide receiver than Josh Reynolds. Um, and maybe just one more player though. I think that they could have, they could have used. Um, I do think uh, uh, it's also worth noting, you know, that this class, the free agency group includes uh, a couple of resignings too. And those are huge. Um, sure. Get, getting Jeff Swaim and, and Anthony Ferks are back. Uh, I think. Jay, Jay on Brown. Jay on Brown that. Huge. that is that huge. Is huge. It is, and and we talked about this too, and that, uh, and it sucks for Jayon, but we were we were kind of in in the mindset that that injury might be able to help us land him at a bit of a discount, uh, and sure enough, that guy's probably making at least half of what he should be making. Yeah, the reports were that he he was offered 
some more money elsewhere and decided to stay. So he's betting on himself to run it back in, in, in Tennessee for one more year and hopefully get a, a bigger contract next year. Yeah. But I think it's, it's funny. Go ahead. And it's smart of him too. Like, I mean, why take a couple million more when you know you're only signing the one-year deal and it's a prove-it deal, right? Uh, he's got to prove that he can come back from that injury. Come to a system where you know it. You're the guy. I mean, he's getting the green dot, all of that. Um, it's it's a much easier path for him to to get that bigger contract next year than to take a, a couple million more this year and try to prove himself on a, in a whole new defense and all that. I think having Jay on too, I, that makes it so much more comfortable in the linebacking core, putting him with Harold Landry and Bud Dupree and David Long and uh, Rashawn Evans. I think adding a guy like that so much better because you have a guy that's been there. You have a guy that's experienced, somebody that David Long can grow from and learn from. And the pass coverage that Jayon Brown brings, he's not elite by any means in pass coverage, but he is definitely the, probably the best coverage linebacker that the Titans have. And being able to bring that back is big time. A couple things. It filled one less void because if Jayon walks, and we're talking about the Titans in a linebacker now, do they go and get a linebacker in day one of the draft? Day two, do they sign another linebacker? So getting Jayon back was a huge benefit especially when we talked about for how long, guys, last season, on the last last year's podcast, that we assumed that both Janu and or Corey would be back last year, this season, and that Jayon would be the one to walk. And it was the complete opposite. Both Janu and Corey are gone, and Jayon's back. So I think that was another thing as well that, that kind of that stuck out to me is that they valued Jayon um, at a smaller price than they did – with Corey than Janu at a, at a, at a um, you know, a bigger price. So uh, definitely that was interesting to me too. If we want to talk about that for a second, um, letting both Corey and Janu walk. And I think that's another thing too. I, we tweeted this out um, that you would have thought that John Robinson had a plan for wide receiver two If he doesn't cut, if he cuts Corey, and he cuts Corey, and then all of a sudden days go by, more receivers fall off the board, and he gets stuck with Josh Reynolds. Why not just sign, re-sign Corey Davis back? That's my thinking, at least. Because I think they could have afforded what they what the Jets paid Corey Davis. I think so, too. Um, I don't know, but man. I think I, it's I almost kind of like – I don't think he's worth it. I don't think he's worth what the Jets paid for him. That's on, his, on, on the On the first-year cap hit, yeah, for sure. But the the average per year, I don't think he's worth it. I really don't. I think when you kind of like – this kind of reminded me of Auburn's coaching hire. Like when Auburn like, got rid of Gus Malzahn, it was almost like it came uh, from around the, the athletic department. They're, they fired Gus and they're like, okay, now what? Like they didn't have a plan in place. Right. I'm not saying the Titans don't have a plan in place, but it's kind of like, okay, we don't want to sign court for that money. They let him sign and it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. The Titans didn't necessarily know exactly what they wanted to do. They just knew that they didn't want to pay Corey that money. And it tells you, too, that it's, you know, that it gets you excited for draft time. Which is, this is a deep uh, wide receiver draft class, a very deep wide receiver draft class. So they go and get – is that their first-round pick on a wide receiver? Um, they get multiple No, Kyber seems to think so. Yeah, we can talk about that later. But I'm, I'm not big on that pick either. That pick either. All right, well, so we'll transition from that, Chris. And um, we got a few Twitter questions that I want to get to. Okay. Um, shout out to the fans for the followers for tweeting at us. Um, again, make sure you stop and follow us on Twitter at Second and Victories, where you can find us. Um, this is this one's from at Music City Prof. So at Music City Professor, um, do you see the Titans taking another dip in free agency? And I'm assuming that means do they spend more money? Is how I would take that. I don't know if you agree or not. 
But yeah, um, no, that's how I take it too. I think, yeah, they probably they probably signed another guy or two. I don't see them going out and getting nine more guys by any means. Um, I still think right now, like at this very moment, John Robinson and Mike Graber are out on the pro day trail and going to pro days. So I doubt they're doing any sort of um, signings or not thinking about that at the moment. You know, none of that. I think, if anything, they're going to have restructures if that comes. They'll try to restructure Ryan Tannehill, Taylor Lewan, figure that out, and then go for one more time to the second wave, third wave, whatever it is, of free agents and kind of see who else is out there and sign them. A lot of decent pass rushers still out there. Um, there are some cornerbacks still out there, some linemen on both sides of the ball. I, I'm not going to sit and, and, and take guesses and predictions on who those the players are that they'll go out and look for, but there are still guys out there. So I would say yes. If anything, the Titans do sign a guy or two left. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th- I think there's – I don't think it's going to be, you know, very large money anywhere, but there's still some vet wide receivers. Uh, I think one could be brought in. Uh, I actually wouldn't be shocked to see um, a vet linebacker come in, um, mainly because there's not a lot of depth at, at interior linebacker. So I could see something like that. And then the the one spot I actually could see uh, a veteran, another veteran sign would actually be safety. Um, yeah, that's that's a position where I, I doubt they want to spend much draft capital on it. Um, and you really kind of have a little bit of a hole there because um, your, your first one up was was Hooker. He's going to be your starter now. Um, so that makes Crookshank your, your third in line. And I, you probably want to upgrade that um, and keep Crookshank as that special teams ace and, and fourth fourth safety. So um Couple, couple, you know, decent veterans out there for safety. I could see that being a spot that they try to hit. I think the Titans might look somewhere on the defensive line as well because I don't think the D line is done yet. Whether it's in the draft or free agency, I do think that if the Titans do go free agency again, it's going to be in that second wave, probably right there, right, right after the draft because they're going to take this time and evaluate what they have. And it could be somebody like a Ryan Kerrigan. It could be somebody that's an, another veteran on that defensive line or somebody on that edge. Obviously, we don't know. But, yeah, I'm with I'm with both of y'all. I expect probably one to two more signings. But I think for the bulk of things, the Titans are probably pretty pretty much done for until at least the second wave of free agency. I yeah, T-line's D- a good point because they they could probably use a little bit of size there. Um, Definitely some, some – and some depth still. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you let – Daquan Jones and and Jack Crawford and maybe one of them is the signing that maybe one of them comes back. Yeah. I think I think Altry is probably going to take a lot of the snaps that would have been Daquan sure. Jones's. Um, sure. But there there could be a big body added at D line that could could do a little damage too. I agree. All right, and uh, one more shorter question. This is actually from uh, Brett's dad. Oh, Mr. Mike Bachelor. So shout out to you, Mr. Mike. Um, were you surprised at the amount of players released on both sides of the ball? Yeah, actually. Um, Malcolm Butler, cut. And I guess we can say Corey and Johnny were cut, even though they weren't actually released. They were just, you know, free agents. But the the ability to, to bring them back was there. Uh, Dewar Jackson, cut. Dennis Kelly, cut. Could not believe that. I mean, I thought the guy played such – he had such a good year last year. I thought that was a starting right tackle for another year, especially after you swing and miss on Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson. Um, 
Am I missing anybody else? Kenny uh, Vaccaro. Kenny Vaccaro. Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah. I think I'm. I think Dennis Kelly is definitely the biggest. The biggest surprise. To me, it sure. was truly because yeah. that's. I mean, Adore was a writing on the wall. Dennis yep. Kelly, though, that was your starting right tackle. Do you trust? Did you sign Kendall Lamb to be your starting right tackle? I have I, no I think idea. they did. At this hump, point, I, at this point in the stage, he's the starting right hump. tackle. Yeah, Hump. At this point in the stage, though, I think Lamb's the starting right tackle. See, that's the thing, though, with with John Robinson, y'all. Real quick, before you go into it, Chris, he's got this weird eye for I think linemen, offensive linemen. Man, he does. If and there is seriously, if there is something, if there is a position that he has excelled in finding depth, it's offensive, offensive line. Uh, you talk about Nate Davis in the third round. That's a fantastic signing. Pick. Ben Jones yeah. getting yeah. Roger Saffold. He didn't get Taylor. okay. Look. And even though Dennis Kelly was cut, but he re-signed Taylor. Yeah, yeah. And but even though Dennis Kelly was cut for the time that he was here, I thought he was fantastic. And that was a trade. That was basically just to get rid of DGB trade and to yeah. get somebody like Dennis Kelly in there for the time that he was in Nashville. I think he excelled at his job. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a very real possibility that they open that right tackle position up. I mean, you got uh, Sembrilo, you got Kessenberry. You got uh, Kendall Lamb. Lamb. There's there's multiple guys that could compete for that starting job too. So, if if Kendall Lamb actually works out, he's actually a very good right tackle. Then this this frenzy class is a lot better than than what we assumed it was. Because I mean, Dennis Kelly, I think I, from if I remember correctly, he either gave up one sack or zero sacks last year. Fantastic. Um, just it had a really good year, um, especially like I said after you swung and miss on Isaiah Wilson, um, who was going to be your starting right tackle. But that's a whole and Dennis Kelly never practiced like the last no. six weeks of the season or something like that. Like so, I think I think there's a there's a lot of depth depth guys that are on the roster right now at the tackle position that all could compete for that starting position i, I agree though if, if kendall lamb is the guy that wins it i think that that bumps the grade it's, up for this class a little bit but i also think if kendall lamb's just your swing tackle i yeah, think i mean fine, i yeah. think that makes him a good signing uh that role that dennis kelly served in for several years you know that's that's super important 100 um so i i think uh i think that'll be an interesting position to watch when it comes camp time i think this roster man there's there's a lot of because when the the cuts that happened and the releases that happened and the free agent losses, I think a lot of people were, I mean, I think everybody was, okay, where is this going to go from here? This roster has talent on it, but I think it's going to take a lot of good coaching to keep the Titans where they've been. Because you got some guys that haven't played as much. You got some guys that are developmental guys. You got some guys that you drafted two years ago where it's now their time to step up. And I think it's going to take a lot of good coaching. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying where they are right now, before the season starts, it's going to be all coaching and development to get this team and keep them where they should be. We, and we talked about for months that the 2021 offseason for John Robinson was going to be, you know, make or break. And so far, so good. Um, I still think it could be better, but he hasn't it's, – it's still way early to tell, obviously, but it's, he hasn't swung and missed just yet. I think he's, he's kind of uh, addressed a lot of needs at a, at a few positions – including long snapper. Like that's a guy, that's a position that we didn't think that was that important, but Bo Brinkley held it down for 30 and years, it, it felt like. And apparently it was more important than we even realized with Bo Brinkley. Apparently, yeah, because apparently Bo Brinkley stuff, became a big problem all of a sudden. The stuff yeah. Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee was saying about yep. uh, that position was kind of made you reflect back and be like, was Bo the problem? Right. Even uh, for the last year and yeah. a half. 
So that was, I found that really interesting. And I think that's, that's cool. I mean, that, that's something that we would never even imagine to think about. Like is John Robinson sitting down watching film on long, like on, on snaps of Bo Brinkley. Is he like, is that, does he think, you know what, man, God, this is such a, the spiral was bad here. He could have, he could have flicked it faster. Like that's something we would never even and, think. And I feel like that's a position that I feel like that's probably a position where, it's your it's your kicker and punter that you're asking them like, hey, is he who you need? Kind right, of thing. Right. And if I mean, we know Bo, we know Bo and Brett are like the best of friends. So Brett was never going to say anything bad about Matt Bo. could be Matt could be mentioned that because he said when you have a guy of Stephen Gostowski's caliber, when he comes into town and starts missing kicks, and all of a sudden the long snapper is gone, it probably came from somebody like Gostowski or somebody that's associated with Gostowski. I agree. And I think that's still another position that the Titans have to address at some point. Um, we haven't even thought about that. Is it Goskowski next year? Like, what I mean, what are the Titans doing at kicker? I think I think it's Goskowski, at least for uh, – you would think. Oh, Tucker, Tucker McCann's still on the roster. Yeah. God, I haven't – I forgot about the kicking woes the Titans have had, man. They were so good for so long, and now did all Smagley of a sudden – I can't remember. Did Smagley transfer from Tennessee, or did he, did he declare? I'm not sure. I don't know either. I'm not I'm saying. Not I'm sure. just saying the people, potential kickers that could be in the draft. Right. Or, I well, mean, no I'm sure there. I'm sure there's some UPS or FedEx driver <laughs> rider, riding around Nashville right now that that John Robinson knows that will call out of you know work on Tuesday and he'll be there Sunday for the game. That was that was a wild three weeks. That man. was wild. Um, you know what pisses me off though, just to, to get real quick before we move on, is that Titans John Robinson cuts Ryan Suck up. Ryan Sub goes on to just have an incredible season, win a ring, and now he gets re-signed to a longer contract. It's just still balling. When there was oh, truly so, nothing wrong it? with Ryan Suck up here. Who was it, man? Who was it, man? Uh, it's in Chicago now. Cody Parkey. Cody yeah, Parkey uh, goes and has a fantastic yeah. year in Chicago. Cairo Santos. Cairo having a fantastic Santos, year. They're all doing better. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense, dude. Why do they want to suck with us so bad? I don't get it. Man, maybe that's um, even more evidence it wasn't the kickers. Yeah, it could have been. Pat Max, bro, Pat Max be low key hit on something really good there, honestly. I think it could have been. All right, so there's like you tweeted, Austin, long snapper news. Long snapper. Whenever news. the kicker situation is so bad that the head coach is asking himself, Am I is it am I the problem? Like there's, yeah. there's deeper, there's deeper issues there. And hopefully the long snapper helps fix some of that. So, obviously, we're all NFL fans and, and care about more than the Titans. Um, for agency, what has been wild um, as a whole? So, what? let me ask you this. What is your favorite? We're all going to agree on the worst free agent signing. Let's go ahead and just nip that in the bud. The worst free agency signing of the 2021 Q, offseason. QB1. QB1, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. <laughs> by, it's by far Andy Dalton. Um, listen, we may have it bad. We may have our, our kicking woes. We may need a wide receiver, too. We may Titans may need another edge rusher, but we do not need a quarterback like the Bears do year in and year out. We could be Bears fans. This could be worse than what it was. So it'd be horrible. Um, they, just, they just need to get Jay Cutler out of retirement again. Yeah, I would. I would love it. Anchor down. I would love it. Um, so I, my, hey, I've, I've got my Jay Cutler jersey around here somewhere. Do you? I mean, I no, used to have not. a. I had a Broncos Navy jersey, and when I was a kid. Like right up when it was rookie years when I got it, obviously. Yeah. And I don't, I can't tell you where it's at now. No idea. Um, all right, but your favorite free agency signing just from across the league, who was it? Brett, you go first. Can I have two? Yeah, that's fine. 
Okay, I don't know if this one's my favorite, but I like the, I like Kyle Rudolph being a, a giant. I think that's a really good fit for oh. that offense and throwing cool. him up there. And no bias, I just love seeing Jonu Smith go somewhere. Now, I don't think that anybody expected him to get that kind of money, sure. and that makes total sense why he's not in Nashville. But I've always been a big Jonu guy that it's just cool to see someone – get what they deserve and I honestly I hope I hope all the best for him even though he's not in Nashville anymore but mine mine is definitely Kyle Rudolph and uh Johnny Smith for sure I'm a big tight end guy so I, like I think uh in, in a, a pretty interesting edge rusher class uh this free agency I think the Panthers uh had my favorite edge rusher deal uh and that's Hassan Reddick for one year eight million uh that's a steal in my opinion for a guy like Reddick uh, I'm really interested to see what he does. Uh, there's a lot of talent uh, off the edge at, at pass rusher in, in Carolina, so I'm interested to see how they bring him into the fold and what he's able to do there. Um, I'm going to give you one, and I'm going to go with the same team that Brett talked about, the Giants, and it's Kenny Galladay, and I'll tell you why. Because I – one, I think the Giants have done a decent job at free to see this offseason. They put they've essentially put it on Daniel Jones says here you go this is your offense now. I like Daniel Jones and I think he's gotten so much criticism one because he's just goofy looking. He's silly. Um and he had the goofiest uh quarterback run ever of all time last year. <laughs> of all time no doubt for sure. Um but I think he just gets too much hate for just not having the true weapons around him. And so I think Kenny Galladay is his, his real big receiver. Yeah, he has Sterling, Sterling Shepard. He has Evan Ingram, um, and he had Golden Tate. But Kenny Galladay is is no doubt an alpha wide receiver one in the league, and I'm very excited to kind of see what the Giants' offense looks like now with all these weapons that they have. Saquon back healthy, hopefully. Daniel Jones. Then you have, like I said, Sterling, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, and Kenny Galladay, and who knows who else they add. Um, so I like the Giants. Listen, it's weird that the NFC East is kind of getting kind of getting good or, or more interesting than it did, you know, last year. The Washington football team has gotten really good on both sides of the ball this offseason. Philly, um, no more Carson Wentz putting the putting the shoulders on Jalen Hurts. And the Cowboys, they re-signed Dak. And they they were hurt last year too, so they'll be healthier as well. Um, so that'll be a fun division to watch. Uh, so I pick, I, I like Kenny Galladay to the, uh, the Giants. I got a signing that I don't understand and a contract that I think is too much. Okay. So the signing I don't necessarily understand is Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. I, I can yeah. understand how they might like the, the feel that he brings, but you got Josh Jacobs. You're not going to pass it that much out of the backfield in that style of offense. I know that it's a kind of a newer offense that, that Gruden's running. He's getting more into the fold, but like, it does that one doesn't really seem like it's going to fit to me. It might work out, but then you're taken away from who I think is a fantastic running back in Josh Jacobs. And, and maybe and to years. agree with you, I think it makes even less sense for Kenyon Drake himself. Yes, yeah. I totally 100%. agree because he's not going to get there and be able to do his thing. So 100%. that makes sense to me. And then, uh, Chris, I know you'll love this one. Uh, a contract that I did not understand was the four year, uh, $54.5 million for Matt Judon. I can understand why you would want to sign him, but not for that kind of money. And I know New England's trying to do their work, but he ain't that. He ain't worth that type of price. Love the guy, but Adoree's yeah. contract. Oh my gosh. 
And most people don't get cut and get a raise like that. Mm, I mean, yeah. dude got paid. The Titans were never giving him that. Look, and look, I've seen it all over Twitter, too. I like Adoy Jackson. I always have. But right. he is not the lockdown type corner that the Giants think they're getting. No. And I've seen – somebody told me, then I ended up seeing it. I want to tell Giants fans now, if you're expecting him and you're excited for him to return points, stop. Because that's not going to work out either. Right. I, I will say I do think – Pre-injury, he was he was on his way to being a lockdown corner. He was good. I think. No, I think. I think. I think if if that injury didn't happen, we would be talking about Adoree as a top five corner that's fair. in this league. Right and now. I think it's huge for him that he gets to go up there and hang out with Logan Ryan because they get along so well. Now, sure. look, can he be a lockdown corner? There is potential, but right now, if you think he's going to come in day one and be that lockdown like Stephon Gilmore, it's not quite there yet. Yeah, I think I think being with Logan is actually going to be huge for him. I think that's that whole like big brother little brother situation. If there, yeah, if there was a, if there was almost a perfect marriage for him to go to, it was either it was probably to to the Giants to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so here's what we're gonna we're gonna do a warm up, boys. Something we're gonna do in the next couple of weeks. The draft is just a little over a month away, um, so we're gonna do a mock draft here soon, a full mock draft, seven round for the Titans, and we're using the mock uh, the draft networks mock draft machine. Um, and so this is going to give us trades um, to move up and back in the draft. And so I'm just to save us time right now. We'll just kind of give a, a, um, uh, a trial run of it, three rounds to kind of just practice and play with it and just kind of have some fun with it. We'll talk, we'll talk you through it. Cause I know you guys are listening. We can't, you can't hear it, but we can all see this. Um, and so we'll and talk. We'll, we'll talk it. about some of the guys that come off the board prior to, prior to the Titans picks and stuff like that as well. So we'll, we'll we'll play with this, but so listen along, and we are going to do three rounds. The Titans here obviously pick twenty second. So I'm gonna start the draft. And so you may hear like a little a ringing phone ring. Uh, that means teams are calling the Titans to 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 trade up and trade back. They may not call at all. Um, so you just kind of wait and see who's on the board, who's off the board. And we'll talk Chasey, about who- Chasey Horns off the board at thirteen to the Chargers. Ojalari's right. off the board. He's with Minnesota. So Titans, we have the Titans have some trade offers, uh, and obviously the Titans pick twenty second, and so they are offered by the Ravens to move back to twenty seventh and get a twenty twenty two fourth round pick. I don't like that trade, but I'd be willing to counter offer that. So you're moving back, yeah, you're moving back five picks, or we also have a trade from the Dolphins, which I already hate. Um, you're moving into the second round at pick 36, but they are also giving the Titans a third round pick at 81 and a seventh round pick at 231. I'm gonna go ahead and decline that, guys, because that's not we're not doing that. Is there a way? I don't know, because this is our first time doing it. I don't know. I actually don't know if we can, because I was gonna say, is there a way where we can see who's on the board before? Yeah, we... yeah, 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 for sure, okay. for sure, for sure. We counter offer it, and uh, so let me counter offer it. Okay, it's not gonna let me at all. Um, so here's on the who's on the board. Yeah, and you're right, Brett. You may not need to move back at all. Right. Um, and so right now, here's on the board the top, top, top five guys: Travis Etienne, Quiddy Pay, Trevon Morig, Jalen Phillips, and Greg Newsom the second. Man, you can go ahead and sign me up for pay, personally. Christian Barmore, Terrace well, Marshall Jr., Zayvon Collins. My guy. Chris, what are you leaning here? I mean, there's a lot of talent on the board right now. If if the 
if they would up the offer and and, and give better uh, better picks this year, I think the trade is the route to go. Okay. So I, but right I do here, like Quiddy Pay. Yeah. Uh, if we were sticking, I'd say Quiddy Pay is the guy. Yeah. I'm the same way. Um, so let's try to trade. Let's just see what the the if you talk to the Ravens, see what they say. Um, so we'll give them twenty twenty two. <clears throat> And yep. then we'll ask for their 27. And let's see. Fourth round? 104. I doubt 104 goes. We'll yeah. try 130. Look at, the, look at the acceptance. We'll try 131. So we're going to go move back. We're going to ask for their 27th pick and their fourth round pick and send them the 22nd pick. So we'll send the offer. And they deny nope. the trade. Now, I bet you they – do you think they do that fifth round right there? Bet you they would. So, I'm okay with that as well. I would trade I back too. for that. Yeah. yeah. And they accept the offer. Bam. So now the Titans have the 27th pick in the draft. And they went pay. They went quitty pay. Yeah. That's it, quitty pay. So now there's some more phone calls. Okay. I really like. I know that doesn't have much to do with this, but I love that ETN pick for the Steelers right there. That's something that could be really big. For them, Absolutely, honestly. for sure. I could see them going running back, no doubt. All right, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say no to this. The Cowboys are offering some some shitty picks. No, at this point now, you have to pick in the first round. 100%. Okay. Yeah. So here's who's left. Jalen Phillips, Greg Newsom the second, Caleb Farley, who essentially, guys, before this whole neck issue that just came yeah. out with him, Caleb Farley was obviously, a, a, I think, a top 12, top 15 pick in the draft. Yes. Titans need help at cornerback. Um, but is, is this another – This ain't a year. I don't is think it, this is a is this a Jeff Simmons kind of thing? I, I think you I think you need a guy that can contribute day one. Okay. So I'm especially cool. after last year's picks. I'm um, cool right now, Chris, with with either three guys. I'd say Jalen Phillips, Greg Newsom, or Zavin Collins. I, I think you I think you probably go. Great, Craig Newsom here. No, you don't. You would. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if I'm the Titans, you, I'm probably going Greg Newsom. You here. think Greg Newsom? Truly. I mean, I would go Zayvon Collins if it was me. The good. Here's I, the thing. Here's, here's the thing. It, and and just just so that all the listeners know, Zayvon Collins to me is the epitome of um, front multiplicity that that um, Vrabel talks about a lot and has talked about since day one of arriving in Tennessee. Zayvon Collins can play anywhere uh, in the linebacking core. Uh, he can rush the passer. He can cover. Uh, he, he might be a better cover linebacker than, than even Jayon Brown. Uh, he's a guy that can really do it all at the linebacking position, linebacker position. Uh, who, who does he start over? I don't know. I don't know where you start him at. I think he probably should start at inside linebacker because uh, that's. I think that's where his talents. I know a lot of guys have listed him at edge. Uh, I think Matt Miller lists him as an edge. Uh, he can play edge. I think he'll be. He can do it all. But here's, here's there's been a lot of mod drafts with Evan Collins to the Titans. I don't hate the pick, Chris. I actually like the pick. So. I, and here's the thing. If we're John Robinson here at 27, is Zayvon Collins, he's not going to be there at, at 53. You take your guy right here. Yeah. I'm okay with Let's that. So Zay, Zayvon Let's Collins is the pick. You down, Brett? Yeah, I'm in for sure. Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins is the pick. There goes Greg Newsom, Rusu, Marshall. Yeah. 
Now, here's the question, though. Now, since you went defense right there early on, do you feel like you have to go wide receiver here in the second round? I don't think you should. I don't. I don't think John Robinson's ever the mindset that he has to go position. That's fair. I, you, I, yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. John Robinson's more of who's and who's the best on the board that can help this team. And honestly, knowing knowing the depth at, at wide receiver, I don't think he should ever think that. I mean, I think there's there's starting caliber wide receivers in the third and fourth round of, of this year's draft. So check these trades out. There's two trades from the Packers and the Bucks. They're both very similar. So the Titans are now picking at 53. The Packers are offering 62 and 135. So a second round and a fourth round pick. That's, whereas, a, that's a good combo. 100%. Whereas the Bucks are offering 64 and 137. So they're just two picks back of each other. So obviously you would take the Packers deal here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we chose to do that. So let's just, let's just, Hold off for a second, and let's just see what who's on the board. Titans need a tight end. Uh, yep. Pat Fryermuth is on the board from Penn State, uh, probably the second best tight end in the draft. You could argue for, with a lot of people who who they think. And then it kind of gets interesting because there's a lot I of guys really like, right here. I really like Ron Moore. Who, there's some great talent right here. You got great Joseph Foreman, uh, Edge, and Rogers, who, and well, see. Man, I was wondering if Asante Samuel Jr. was going to be there. But if he's there that late, it's almost like I feel like you need to take him. Maybe not, but, I mean, size still there. I love Asante Samuel Jr. I also think if you if you go down that list a little bit more, I think your, uh, your starting slot corner is potentially there, too, in Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a guy that can start at pretty much any position in the secondary but would excel at, at that's a, safety Man, that's a slot. strong second round. I think you definitely. I think you definitely do that trade. Yeah, to the Packers. To the Packers. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you at least want to talk to to another team? Because listen, guys, that's nine picks. What if? What if? All those guys be off the board. Six of these guys are gone. Um. So who do you talk to though? You talk to Seattle right there, or or the Rams? I'm thinking the Rams, just to see what the Rams got to say. Um. We'll go NFC. And I know this is difficult for those listening, thinking what the hell is going on right now. What are y'all? What are they even doing? <laughs> um, so we're gonna go with the Rams. So we're, the Titans are gonna trade back four picks if this works. So the Titans will give them fifty-three. We'll ask for fifty-seven, and we'll also ask for I think that seventh-round pick. Wait, let's try that sixth-round pick and see if we can snag it. They say yes. What about the fourth? They say the fourth. <laughs> oh, let's not get crazy yeah. now, Chris, because we did it last time. Yeah. Um, we'll go with the six-round pick, see what they say. And they accepted it. So now the Titans traded back four spots to oh. 57. And you really didn't lose much of anything on the board um, there. We'll go ahead and save this out just to save time. Yeah. Um, um, you lost Joseph Asai. Uh, he went to the Seahawks. Rondell Moore is still there. Amari Rogers is still there. Asante yeah. Samuel Jr. is still, still there. Holland is still there. Brevin Jordan's still there. I don't know if that's I a guy think, like or not. I think – so here's yeah, – I love Brevin Jordan, yes. Um, yeah, I've I like seen some him. comparisons to Johnny Smith yes. with Brevin Jordan. I, I like Tommy Trimble as well. Um, I'm leaning Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. Yes. I would too, honestly. Or, I really would. I really – I'm so up and down on Rondell Moore. Um, His he, workout today was insane. When he first broke on the scene, I was like, this guy is going to take the league over because I think he's got Tyreek Hill tendencies. I think he's somebody like him. 
Um, and I think it's going to be a hot commodity in the draft. The team that gets him will really use him. Um, and, and I think he's going to produce well. So Rondell Moore, Asante Simon Jr. is where I lean right here. I say Asante. I think it's the bigger. I think it's the bigger upside, faster. If that makes sense, you'll get you'll get more out of him earlier on than you will, I think, out of Rondell. And and I think it's worth noting that Asante Samuel Jr. is one of the best man cover corners in this yep. draft. He's somebody that you can plug and play almost right away. All right, we, do we do we 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 put the pick in Asante Samuel Jr. I say yeah. I think so. Yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. It is all right. So because there goes Amari right there. Through two rounds, it's tight to address two needs on defense. Zayvon Collins, who can pretty much do it all, like Chris said, and Asante Samuel Jr., who will then be most likely the, you know, cornerback of the future alongside Christian Fulton. A lot of receivers still on the board now. All right. So now the Titans pick 85. And I, because I did this as three rounds, the Titans will have one more pick at 100. Um, so they have two picks here. I think you got to go wide receiver at the moment. I think so, too. Yeah, I'm very you've upset. Tylen Wallace, right there too. Tylen Wallace would have been my pick, and he just got yeah. picked to pick before. Eskridge isn't bad though. No, actually, like all three Eskridge of these guys. Really so, isn't bad. so the three, the three at the top of the board are Dwayne Eskridge, Diami, Diami Brown, and Amonra St. Brown. Um, St. Brown's not bad either, honestly. We, we've got we got a chance to double up on Browns here uh, with two different <laughs> picks. So, if uh, I out of these three, I would no doubt pick. Um, St. Brown. That's just me, though. I, I would I would lean more toward Diami. And I love North Carolina. North Carolina was my team to watch last year. I'm weird, Chris. I've always picked this one. I pick one ACC team a year to root for. Yeah. And last year it was North Carolina, just because I love St. Brown. Dub. Yeah. Ar Dub. So. Dog man. I'm uh I'm okay with Diami Brown as well. It's fine. Six one one ninety five. He'll put a, he'll put a little weight on you. That that would probably turn into six one two oh five two ten. Probably. I mean Brown, it was then. Okay, so the, now the Titans have one more pick in the third round. Amara St. Brown goes off the board to the Packers. That's interesting. Titans, he he seems like a Packers receiver, does he not? That seems like oh. a good fit. Oh, 100 percent, absolutely. All right, they're getting the Titans going to call. And we'll just be, to save time again, we'll ignore these trade offers. All right, Chris, there's your boy, Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, weapon weapon out of the backfield can also move around the offense. He's kind of kind of similar uh, to Antonio Gibson in that way in that uh, you can play him different spots all across the offense. Uh, another guy I saw I liked there um, was uh, Patrick Jones the second. Scroll down a little bit. Uh, yeah, Patrick knows the second. He's he's further down the list. Um, they have him ranked as one twenty. That, that actually seems about right. So you probably wouldn't want to snag him here. But what what do y'all think about Mukamu still sitting there from South Carolina? That's that would not be bad. I don't think at this point in the draft. Go ahead and double up on corners, two solid corners, I think, and then you can then you're set on that position and you can go from there. Right there at 117, Israel. Yeah. That's honestly, I've always thought he's been a decent player too. So I don't think that would I don't think that would be a horrible uh way to go about it. Let's scroll back up that list there. I mean, Gainwell, you can get an offensive tackle in Brady Christensen. Um, yeah. 
I'm going to be honest. I know nothing about the offensive line prospects in this draft outside of Robert Jones and uh, Trey Smith. But, I mean, I like the Gainwell. I like Gainwell. I like Hunter Long. That's another tight end prospect that I've heard some good things about. Tough tough spot you're in right now. It's been a good draft for Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Xavion and Asante. You've already hit two on defense. You've hit one on offense. So, can you either do you feel like you need to go that? a certain position here? Or do you so just, we're sitting at pick. We're sitting at pick number I mean, one hundred. If you're if you're looking at at needs of of depth and and talent, I, I would say tight end needs to be a pick soon. But again, I don't think I don't. I don't this see John Robinson. Look at look at Hunter Long's size though. This Six five, two fifty four. Big guy. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. You're talking, you're talking about setting the edge too if you want to run it off the tackle. And, and, I you, w- and you gotta kinda wonder what Rabel knows about that kid too, because yeah. it's Boston College. Absolutely. And that would be a pick that that may make sense because of that, Chris. You're hundred percent correct. Right. So that 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 uh Rabel would know a lot of things about Hunter Long because of that right there. Um I'm with you. I would lean Hunter Long or Brady Christensen right here just because the, the need still at right tackle. Um, I say send I, it with Long. I say Hunter Long. I think, I think that's more of a need. There goes All Brady. Right. So here are the Titans picks. They're just through three rounds, like I said. Um, they traded back in the draft and got Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. They traded back again in the draft and got Asante Samuel from Florida State. And they stay put and get Dimey Brown from North Carolina and Hunter Long, a tight end from Boston College. That's Not solid to me. That's the actually Titans, really solid to me. Titans address four needs right there. You look you have I think, you have four starters there. Yeah. I yes. think. Yes. When it when it comes to the real draft day, and I think that if Asante Samuel is sitting there in the middle of day two, I think you have to hop all. It's almost like the A.J. Brown move. When when A.J. falls to you like that in the second round, you can't help but hop on it. And I'm not saying that Asante Samuel is going to come in and do the production right away, but I'm saying if a guy like that that has that potential is sitting there in the middle of day two, I think that's somebody that you would have to he's hop the, on. He's the, kind of, he's the kind of guy you make a call to trade up for. for sure. Yes, for sure. I agree. Well, that was fun. Uh, will we do it again? I don't know. Kind of – We'll see how it's perceived. Who, who um, knows? We, we might end up doing a full uh, – we make the pick kind of where we alternate picks. I like that too. I'm with that as well. Whole podcast, whole podcast, just a mock draft podcast. Just talk through um, it. I like that a lot. Yeah. But, all right, so it's been a couple of weeks, like I said, since we talked. But uh, I think we caught up on a lot of good stuff and, and, and kind of got back up to speed and whatnot. So it was good to see you guys. Um, again, before we get off here, make sure you guys stop what you're doing and follow us. On Twitter at Second and Victory, we're like what guys like three hundred and something followers away yeah, from five thousand. Five k, super close to five k. So when that happens, two v five k, we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to throw. I like that two v five k. I like that we'll have to throw a party. Um, <laughs> but for for Second and Victory, um, I am Austin Nelson. That's Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. We will uh, talk to you guys later on. And as always, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.